welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we talk about the hard-fought win against Worcester Warriors. It wasn't pretty, but we got that Worcester monkey off our back at long last. We look ahead to the game at the wreck against local rivals Bath and finish with our rugby roundup, including who may be joining Bristol next season. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, we're back at Lee's house um, this Sunday evening. Thanks very much for having us, Lee. Pleasure, boys. Pleasure, as always. Yeah, and uh, did everybody enjoy the game today? The uh, the Bears game, that is. Did we enjoy it? Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of heart attacks aside, I think we enjoyed the win. But uh, it was eventful, wasn't it? It was. And... Um, well, uh, Pete, what did Pete, you think? Oh, I'm Pete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I know. We haven't seen Miles Shaw. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you've got to enjoy competitive sport. That's why we go to it. You know, we're lucky that we've got this, this uh, professional rugby on our doorstep. But but Lee's right. It was a it was a stressful game today. Partly because we piled a little bit of stress on ourselves with the whole thing about them being the bogey team. And actually, you know, Bristol came up against I thought a really disciplined, yeah. hard well-drilled Worcester side and actually on that level I think it was a really good result that we that we came away with yeah Miles what did you think of today's game <laughs> I'm, right. I'm afraid, I'm afraid right? I, I'm afraid I couldn't make it lads as you well know a calendar fiasco between myself and the Duchess meant that uh, a pre-arranged Sunday lunch meant, meant that I had a commitment I couldn't pull out of and I missed the game. I was gutted and I could only turn up to watch the uh, England-Ireland game after the match. Well, halfway so, through that. Halfway yeah. through. So hands up. Well, know. it's nothing that the listeners wouldn't have already been... You <laughs> know, mean, they, they already know what Miles is all it's about. Not the first, yeah. It's not the first diary fiasco you've had this season. No, but, but listen, lads, after my roving reporter highlights of last week, I think, you know, I was hoping to be cut a bit of slack this weekend, but... Clearly not. Well, well, it's interesting because, I mean, we were seeing your praises here this time yeah. last week, but certain facts have come to light uh, about your, your behaviour last <laughs> last weekend <laughs> in Northampton. I think, um, um, what was it, abusing... Uh, there was a, fa- there fa- was so many things. So many- <laughs> I mean, it was a it was an A4 sheet. What? Hang on, I don't know about this. Well, I think there was a case that somebody that suffered from a stutter. What did, what did you say <laughs> oh, to him? It was a Northampton oh, Saints I, I, fan. Okay, it? I accidentally insulted a person with a speech impediment. <laughs> I, 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 this is all. Right. Right. And I, I accidentally entered a working man's club. With a, thinking of a cashless environment, and could, couldn't pay for a beer. <laughs> so the, 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 Miles, the, the list there, goes on. Was, was there an entry fee to get in the place? Yes, but I didn't have any cash. <laughs> so I mean, there's two shocking things there. First of all, you with your 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 noble background going into a working man's club. I mean, did you even know what the thing was? Uh, I, I, I had no idea what cash was, and that was my downfall. Sorry, lads. And then going to the bar, ordering a beer, and then leaving the establishment. That is shocking. That is shocking. I just think, well, we, we just 
get ourselves together. Let's let's hear from some of you, the fans, after the game. Uh, and we've also got uh, uh, an interview with Lewis Steed, who tells us what it was like being out there on the pitch against Worcester Warriors. Theo, great game for Bristol because we won 13-10. Pete, I thought it was a great game. Really, Bristol played amazingly for a, a period of time, but we just didn't manage to uh, capitalise on that. But it was... Uh, you know, glad we got the win in the end. Hi, Simon here. Yeah, enjoy that game. It's a good game, good competitive game. Could have gone either way ultimately, but um, yeah, come on, you bears. So, so we're here with uh, Lewis Theed. Um, Lewis, what was it like to uh, get on from the start today? Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a really amazing experience. It's been a lot of hard work to try and get to that position. Uh, Jonathan has been class all season, so it's been it's one of them where you can't really be too disgruntled when Jonathan is putting pass, miss passes and putting people in for tries. But I've, hopefully, I've done enough to to keep my spot. We've got Max Leaf and Jake Armstrong, obviously, very very good tight ends as well. So it's, it's it's there's a lot of competition there, and hopefully, I've just done enough to keep myself in the team that's and the game against Worcester looked pretty brutal out there what was it like that first half oh yeah like if you if you want to get your head kicked in for 80 <laughs> minutes and yeah it was class but uh, so it's not a bad one for yeah yeah fortunately we, we've just got over the line we've won that one but uh, yeah it was a tough all it was a bit of a slog fest for, for both sides I feel congratulations great game thank you thank you so there we are we, we, we've heard some some of the fans we've heard from from Lewis um Let's let's go to Pete first. Who who stood out for you? What were the kind of talking points from today's game? Well, clearly Charles Piertau uh, got man of the match. Um, made some great breaks, um, but I and I, I think we'll leave that for the moment. I, I want to talk about Nathan Hughes. Um, I thought he had a, a, a great game again today. I mean the yardage stats. I haven't seen them, but I imagine the yardage stats were were immense for him. Um, you know he was in the thick of it all. You know, and he, it, his his form has has been raised since the kebab gate. Nathan Hughes hasn't had a bad game, as far as I can tell. Um, so I think uh, not only have we contributed a little to that, but I think today, and when you have someone like Nathan taking the ball, diving in, I think it just ups, it lifts the rest of the team around them as well. I mean, he was all over the place. I mean, he was on the wing again, as he usually is. Yeah. Um, he did a little... Uh, the second half, he did a little chip and run. But, but then but, he was... Yeah, but... but he got flattened by uh, their scrum half, didn't he? And uh, it was a bit about, embarrassing. About half the size. Half the size. I mean, he'll he'll say he tripped over him, won't he? Well, but, I think um, he'll say he was looking for the penalty. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it was a shocking decision, that to be honest. But uh, yeah, no, I think I mean, you know, Charles Piertau had a great game as well, um, and was man of the match. But I felt Nathan Hughes also again showed us fans why we, you know, why we should be excited about having him down the gate. Lee, what are your thoughts? I don't know if I could actually pick anyone out personally. I, I, I mean, I thought it was um, it was a rugged performance, and I think you know everyone contributed to to that that team performance today. And you know, Worcester, they 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 came and they did exactly what I thought they would do, and they were absolutely dogged, determined, and they got no superstars in their team, but they really have got a team ethic that you know I think is absolutely second to none. Yeah, and I mean they've proved that, haven't they? We talk about them being a bogey team, um, but they they came with a game plan and executed it. And or you know, if it wasn't for those two yellow cards, who knows the the result might have been different. But the Bristol today ground out that win. Where in the you know last season and when we were up uh, two years before that, yeah. we, we we would have lost it. Um, 
one team I did want to talk about, and it's not Worcester uh, and it's not Bristol, it's the refereeing team today. Oh, yeah. Because I thought JP Doyle and his assistants had a shocker. For, for both teams as well, I lost count of the yeah. number of times passes were going forward, high tackles, things were being missed. Lee, your well, thoughts? I mean, within two minutes, I think he was in a scrum, wasn't he? And Well, he dived in, didn't he? He, he, his, he, dived, he went off his he feet. He dinged himself. He went, went off his, went feet, off his yeah. feet. And I don't know whether he literally took a bang to the head in that scrum, but the rest of the game, he was all over the place. And, I mean, he was, he was completely... Uh, inconsistent with both sides because there was I've never seen so many forward passes, so many indiscretions. It, it was it was it was a the whole game was like a ball of wrong, and he didn't pull any of them up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he even got involved, didn't he? When you know, he, was, well, he even talked, took, took one of their players out. Didn't <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it, was, it was it was a stunning performance from JP today. Pete, I, I just want to say, um, you know, put it into a little bit of context. I mean. You know, refereeing is not an easy job, and I and I know he's at the highest level, and we expect standards. But you know, he's he's probably put a lot of commitment in his life and his career to get to this stage. And Sunday, Saturday afternoon, Sunday mornings, refing, um, and you know, he, you know, I think we have to recognise that he's there because he's worked for it. However, one of the things that strikes me is that I just think that the refs of today, they're not schoolmastery enough. And there's lots of little things. They're just not picking up on the little things that I think would make a difference. And it's like, you know, in a, in a classroom, in a, in a, as a teacher, the worst thing in a classroom to deal with is like low-level disruption. You can deal with people throwing chairs around and you just say, but low-level disruption, and to me, that's like today, there was a, he gave a penalty to Bristol, penalty's been given, the Worcester guy's captain, wherever he's, he's giving him a bit of verbals about it. He tells him to go away. The guy goes, oh, where's the 10 yards? Where's the 10 yards from there? All he has to do, he doesn't have to talk to them. He doesn't have to say anything to the captain, given his decision. Taking 10 yards. I mean, offside, we're all in agreement, both teams. But the, all of the refs seem to be letting those little things, you know, the, yeah. the offside. But you'd let it go on. The players will just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And but- then, you know, it doesn't create a culture of doing the right thing. And all they've got to do every now and again is just... And also, I mean, there's a couple of line outs. You know, why? I think it's almost like they're scared to give the little little things from time to time, which are actually, to me, cumulatively the important things to keep the game on track. First, first of all, have we gone back to yards in the well, game? Well, I say yards? We, we, always, we always go back to the old schoolmaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Lee, you wanted to add something. No, I, I mean, I would completely... I completely agree with, uh, with Pete, but... It, maybe you can switch your phone off so the phone's not vibrating over the... the it's the, J.P. The Doyle. He's not happy. But also, I would say, I'm in a lino. Christ almighty. I'm the guy... I'm not being funny. I'm not being ageist. But uh, that guy must have been at least in his 50s, 60s. And it took him, what, five minutes to run the line? And so many things, so many forward passes that he missed. And also, the, the lineouts, like Pete said... I mean, Worcester were, were closing up as soon as uh, Will Capon was throwing the ball in. Worcester closed up immediately and none of it was penalised. And it, it was like, it was almost like um, you got the, the, the referees having a mare and, and the lines, the linos are having a mare as well the same, in the same time. And the fourth official, you know, I can't believe yeah. that some of those things he, he didn't call up. So, 
But having said all of that, it did make it a, a kind of free-flowing game because lots of things weren't given. Um, but sometimes, I mean, the ball was flying around, wasn't it's it? Like a schoolboy game, wasn't we, it? We, we, we'd lose it, they'd lose it, we'd lose it back <laughs> again. Um, I, I don't know whether it was entertaining or just edge of the seat kind of stuff and it, it was like watching the under 12s yeah. I mean it, it, at one point it was because it was just a f- complete free for all wasn't it I mean no one knew what was going on really <laughs> but you know we've got this win you look at some of the stats I think overall we had 70% possession 72% territory um, we made 554 metres but the one I think's really telling um, tackles we made 87 tackles, according to the Premiership Rugby stats uh, on their site. How many did Worcester make? We made 87. I'd say a lot more than that. Yeah. more. 187. Yeah. 222. Yeah, not surprised. They had two yellow cards as well, and we only managed to win that game by... Three points. Three points. So yeah. we got the win. Let's be happy with that. But you could see, you know... Pat in his post-match interview wasn't a lot wasn't of learnings. A lot of learnings. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're, our game plan is so risk and reward. It's uh, and, and and some of the players. I mean, Charles Piertau got man of the match, but you know it is risk and reward. And when it comes off, it's brilliant. It's uh, but it's just what it's just the way. I think we have to accept this as a as a club. Do we want to be like that because when it works, it works. But we were having palpitations, weren't we, when they're throwing it around in the twenty two? Mm. And it's great. We don't we don't want to get rid of the ball, but it only takes one mistake. And you know, it's I don't know. I I don't quite know whether we haven't got the balance right yet, have we? Well, I, no, I agree. I mean, I I think that, that we we've been in games before where we've done that. And then we've been in games where we'd start kicking the ball. And when we find the balance, that seems to be our best format, is the one we can get that running game tied into the kicking game. But today we didn't seem to, to kick it at all. Yeah. You know, and it was it was it was it's that frustration again when you think I mean Worcester are a great side, yeah. don't get me wrong. They they were absolutely solid, but at times, I think we could have made it easier for ourselves. You know? very, very physical as well, weren't they? I mean, they, yeah. they they did come up and they were very strong. I think, you know, uh, Piers O'Connor and Sam Bedlow noticed oh, yeah. the new haircut. Um, just mentioned that to you, Pete, because I know, I know you like your hair. Um, like right down to the wood, wasn't was it? Impressed. Yeah. Well, I think it was a sensible short back and side. I'd, yeah. I'd agree. They, I thought they had a pretty quiet game mm. because you know they they just couldn't make much much ground. But that, that, I mean, probably one of the best players in the Worcester side was that unit in the middle with the with the blonde hair, yeah. with the dyed hair. I mean, they're they're outside centre. I mean, yeah. he had a great game. Yeah. So I think you know we might turn around and say, oh, well, Connor and Bedlow didn't have the greatest game. But I think you know you can't have a great oh, game when you're up against a great player. And I think you know the, the the guy didn't break through. So you know they they had a again for those two boys. They're still young lads. Learning, and I still think we have to give them some leeway on every yeah, game they play. Yeah. Particularly mm. Bedlow, every game he's playing, he's hardening him, and we still and I still believe in him as being a. a he's going to be a fantastic player. Yeah, I, I think O'Connor, you know, O'Connor it, again is still learning. I mean, we we're expecting a lot of O'Connor, and I think we should. But you know, he is still a young lad, and he is still kind of a you know a relatively new Premiership player. So I think you know we have to be careful that maybe at the end of the season we'll judge those boys about how well they've done. Mm. I thought Randall had a much better game yeah. this this um this week and that quick tap penalty for the the try. And I mean that was lovely, wasn't it? I mean the, yeah. the line that Morahan ran to oh, uh, to yeah. score was just, I, just and also I think actually when you look back at it, um 
it wasn't the the tap and go was good, but what Randall did was was he, the way that he kind of yeah. moved the, the space he, he and, maneuvered and his body around to give it to yeah. Piatau because yeah. the danger when you do a tip, tip and run like that is that you get isolated or you get taken down. And I thought he played that well. And I think you know the way that he just switched it inside on that line, Piatau, and then Morahan on the line was it was one of the best tries. You yeah, know, it makes you realise that something so simple as a tip and run yeah. can work really well if everyone's sort of completely, the same thing. completely subtle. And the angles that were run from obviously Randall and then Pieter yeah. and then I mean Morahan's angle it to come in for the try was absolutely superb. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. So thank you very much. We we'll take that four points and let's look at some of the other scores because a, a massive defeat for um, Northampton Saints at Exeter. They lost fifty-seven seven. Um, has lifted us to third place. I think we we had a points difference that was about forty points worse mm. than Saints before today, um, and it was all blown away. So, I mean, Miles, did, well, did you see that result well, coming? No, I mean, you know, obviously we beat Northampton away last weekend, but I did not see such a heavy defeat down at Sandy Park. But it, it, and it's probably expected, isn't it? Teams do not go to Sandy Park except Bristol and get a uh, you know and get a win. So. Sort of expected, really. I mean, d- did we expect Wasps to beat Saracens by so much? But as I ranted on our little sort of WhatsApp group at the weekend, any result against Saracens seems to be completely skewed. Yeah. Mm. And you don't know from one week to the yeah. next whether Saracens are going to turn up or not. So still a bit cross that Saracens' results are even affecting the league. Yeah, I agree. Despite them being relegated, but... You know, fair play, Wasps. You know, they make five points. It makes a mockery of the, of the yeah. league. Let's yeah. just quickly run through the other results then. Sale 36 3 win against Leicester. Gosh, I mean, if, if Saracens weren't going down, Leicester would be in real They'd trouble. They'd be favourites, yeah. wouldn't they? And you think they've still got another two or three weeks without their England boys out. Um, they, they they would be in big trouble. London Irish 24, Gloucester 20. Another five point win for. Um, uh, London Irish and they're they're firing up the table. They're they no max. They got that lad on the wing, haven't they? Well, Hassel, Hassel Collins, Collins scored a few tries. tries. Yeah. He, he seems mean, to be very good. good. Yeah. And and Bath grind out a win nineteen twelve against Quinns. So um everyone's that, got to get lucky at times, haven't they? That sets it up nicely to uh segue on to the next part of the show, which is next week's game at the wreck. Um what did I think Pat, what did he say? Bath next week in their mud pool yeah. was the way he closed his um, uh, video interview today. Um, so how are we? How are we feeling about that? Let me come to Miles first. Well, yeah, I, I agree with Pat. I mean, he mentioned the mud pools during his post-match interview, and I agree. Bath every two games are getting used to playing on that quagmire, and teams are struggling. Um, it doesn't suit the running rugby that Bristol are used to. So we've, as Pat said, we've got to change our game plan for next weekend, uh, grind out a result. But it, it, it could be tight. I mean, to get a win at, at the rack it still is proving quite difficult for any team. Well, I mean, our running rugby at the rack isn't going to work, is it? So we, we need to have a, a game plan. I think that... Well, this is my my quote. Did he say we were going to change his game? We were going to change the game plan or are we implying that he's going to change it because well, if it means less error you saying Miles just made it up <laughs> well, yeah. I'm just checking because I watched that video with Pat and I can't remember <laughs> saying about a game plan but anyway the point is Miles has made a good point I think is that actually what is Pat going to think about this because 
I think clubs now have to look, particularly playing away at the wreck, and actually have to think about what they're going to do yeah. because it is, yeah, yeah. it's almost a horses for courses sort yeah. of place. And it's totally against our, our system uh, as it stands. The thought of throwing that ball around in the 22 or in one particular, I don't know. I, I'm interested to think about that. I mean, what, you know, have we got it in us within a week to have a plan B for the wreck of horses for courses? plan or are we just going to plug away well, Charles Piertown running from deep and hope that he breaks through and I, I think we need uh, horses for courses plan because I, I agree our running rugby be. is not going to work in the wreck for me personally yeah so I mean what, what are we going to do then do you think well I mean how, how much different will it be from the, the game today which was going to be a physical forward dominating mm-hmm. yeah. game yeah. Uh, and just looking to to see where the cracks will show maybe in a second half I thought you know to the 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 strength of the bench that we put on today, mm-hmm. when you thought, you know, you had a Foa, Moulton, Jan Thomas coming off for a fresh row, a uh, front Dan, row. Dan Thomas as well. Dan is Thomas, massive. absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a physical, real physical battle with them. They don't score many tries. Um, you know, they squeeze out penalties. Priestland's kicking well this season. Yeah. I, I think it is absolutely going to be so, a yeah. forward battle. So it mm. also makes me, I mean, we need to be playing the game in their half as much mm. as possible. Yes. It makes me yeah. think that Sheedy's going to, I think we, we, should, we need to see some more tactical kicking from, from Callum mm. into those corners, into the muddy corners of the wreck so that we can we can keep in their half. And I agree, then maybe you know, use, the, use the forwards you know, line outs and so forth to uh, to win. So I'm, I'm predicting a bit more of a strategic kicking game from Bristol. Well, kick, kick into those muddy corners. Who knows what's going to happen? You might find ducks, salamanders, all kinds of like Could be anything. Newts, uh, even. newts, sort of like swimming around, especially in the behind Sal- the goal. Salamanders. Of those. Are, they, yeah. are they native to the UK? <laughs> Well, well, they are in Bath. Yeah, find out next week. For exclusive in Bath, it's just someone was talking to me about salamanders today. That's why he came to me. But what I would say is, we need to we need to have a mindset of like we're going to we're going to the wreck. It's it's our biggest rivals, and we need to to get our game heads on. And also, I think we all agree on. And they've got we've got to be wary. I mean, we can joke aside about Bath, but we've got to be wary about some of their forwards. They've got some seriously good. I mean, Zach Mercer back. He was, yes. he was their best player. At, at, oh, it took yeah, him what, the, uh, what a minute to score yeah. a try, wasn't it? And he yeah. came Francois back. Francois Lowe. Yeah. Um, who else have they got? They've got. Um, well, you should know. You weren't there for well, a yeah. 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 well, Most of those players have long since retired now. Well, I think, <laughs> actually, Matt Banahan's Dave there. Atwood's there. there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dave Atwood wasn't even there when I was there. Um, no, but uh, they've got, is it, um, what's his name? The big lad in the, the second row. Oh, no, he's, he's with England, isn't he? I was thinking of Charlie Yules. But they, they've got a, They've got a good, and I think, therefore, we've got to dominate straight away. Tactical kicking, get territory dominate their forwards, get over it, kick a few penalties and win by a... That's exactly what we don't do, though. That's that's what what worries me. Well, this is my question. This is my whole point, is can we do that? Or are we going to... So so my question is then, we we talked about the tactics may need to change. Who comes in to the Bristol team? What changes do you think Pat will make from that, that winning team today? 
Miles, any any thoughts? Well, I mean, obviously, having not not watched the match today, but you did suggest that the sort of front row was pretty strong. Capon, despite Worcester sort of trying to cheekily sort of disrupt the line out, did okay. Yeah. And I think obviously now with Thacker's injury, our best two are Moulton and uh, Capon. So yeah, I mean, why not start Capon and have Moulton on the bench? Um, uh, the rest of the pack, as you said, the the pack, the the, the bench came on very strong, uh, and why not leave that for Bath next weekend? I mean, they've got a strong pack. We, you know, we sort of try and push them over the line. I think we, we have to see if Luatoa's fit because again, I think you know he yeah. he starts any game where where he's fit. Um, possibly Dan Thomas comes back in. I, I would he think has maybe to come back in. has uh, to. Um, uh, you know, I thought Joycey Joycey had quite a good game. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, if Dan Dan and Luatoa are both back, then you see potentially Chris Vui back in as uh, lock with Atwood. Yeah. I mean, Atwood's going to be chomping at the bit for yeah. this game. I think again, yeah, you, you're yeah. just going to unleash him. Uh, I, I think. I think rec- poor old Joycey. Again, for no reason, you know, to to blame him. I think he'll probably be the one to to make way. And I think I think Luato will be fit. I think he's yeah. He's only I think a he's, he's yeah. When they took him off as precautionary against for him, this for this for game. this game. And I think he'll be back. So if you're you're talking Hughes, Thomas, Luatoa, Vui, Atwood, Wilson, Afoa, and I, I think Capon did nothing today that made me think he couldn't start against yeah. Bath. Mm. I think that's as strong as we're going to have. And then take you know we'll still have a strong bench to come on. Yeah. The likes of Hamilton and Heenan maybe on the bench for the back row. Um, I think White, you know, start with Randall and I'm, I'm Sheedy. Positive. I don't. Yeah. I think we've made we've yeah. got a pairing there. And Uren mm. is actually playing a lot better, I think, when he comes on. And really, you know, we're looking at it as a twenty-three man team. Yeah. Um, and I don't. And then it's hard to say really unless we know there's injuries we don't know about I mean Morahan Piatau and Purdy yeah, unless he's well Purdy got injured that maybe a niggle there didn't he yeah. halfway so yeah, I think but then that, we got Alapati was that a hamstring yeah but Alapati got injured as well didn't yeah, he because yeah. that was potentially a hamstring as well yeah. so it'd be the return of the fricker be a big call big call, big call in, in a game like that Personally, I mean, hope, hopefully Purdy will be fit yeah, because you know I, I so. thought some some really nice little um, breaks in the. Um, it's class, the isn't it? Total, total thoroughbred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Hi, I'm Nathan Hughes. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate. Right, let's move on to some more rugby news. And um, we've got a couple of... um, Signings uh, to talk about, and possibly a couple of people on the way. So, first of all, um, as predicted on last week's podcast, that uh, Henry Purdy would sign a two-year contract on Wednesday, and boo, it appeared at nine <laughs> o'clock on Wednesday. So, uh, <laughs> thoughts maybe maybe come to Miles. Um, what what do you think of that that news that Purdy signed? I mean, this is fantastic. Did we predict nine a.m. 
I don't quite think so, but I, I, I'm proud. We to almost say. got it. <laughs> we almost got it. I think this is great. I mean, as people have been saying, he's, he, but prior to his signing, he played two matches, scored a try in each, and he's looked really positive, really aggressive, a huge sort of strong centre. He came yeah. on and said he wanted to make an effort and prove that he was worth signing it for Bristol. And Pat's given him a two-year contract. And also the versatility as well that he gives us. I think that's quite important. It is he can play centre, he can play exactly. wing. You know, it's, it's exactly what I we needed. Right. I think he deserved a two-year like, deal. And like, that's yeah. good news. I think for him, it's it's a really it's an amazing thing for him as a person. Because there was a, there was a little article in uh, rugby paper about him today, and, and he was making this point that you know when he got released by Gloucester, he didn't really have a plan. You know, he yeah. he went oh. over to New Zealand for a bit, then he came back to Coventry, and you know his future wasn't looking particularly secure. And then to him getting that's a two year of stability, two years of stability, guaranteed wage. And actually, you never think about that sometimes. Is when we talk well, about signings, we talk about how it actually affects them emotionally. He's probably feeling like absolutely top of the you world. know what that that would be actually a good subject for another pod. Is is that kind of complete um, insecurity that a lot of these guys go through? You know, actually, between... we're, we're kind of banding around who's going to sign, who's not going to sign, and of course, mm. you forget some of these guys that yeah. aren't going to get contracts. You know, that's a big, and big change in their life. Exactly, and, uh, we've got to remember that. And a lot of these guys have had to drop down into the championship, like Purdy, mm. you know, and you know they have to pick up their their. Their world again. We did notice he was wearing some quite nice white boots. He did have some nice white. I like the white. We're boots. wondering whether Already. they are on the back of uh, that Wednesday announcement. He made his way up to uh, Giles Brothers, where obviously there's a. We know there's a a new players. He got account, a little. He got a little bit of a deal. Yeah, he asked Yian Lloyd about what was the best place to find some new boots when you sign a contract, and and, and there he was. But. And Good for him. Work. Good for him. Good for him, the Perds. Okay, and another one coming in, even though it's only on short-term uh, loan, is the hooker, Brian Byrne. Um, so, Leinster man, Miles. Well, yeah, so, this is injury cover, as we found out, for Thacker, isn't it? Who appears to have, we think, a niggling neck injury, which we suspected, wasn't it? Which yeah. Is possibly through the signing of, of uh, the Island International. Um, you know, Capon's fit, Moulton's fit, but obviously Pat feels that we need something a bit more than that. And he comes with a great pedigree. I mean, he's... Um, uh, Does he, Miles? Well, well, well hang on, <laughs> listen to these facts. <laughs> right. Have you so, pre-prepared right, anything so for us? He's represented <laughs> Ireland under-18s, under-19s and under-20s. Uh, alas, this season, though, he's only ever played on the bench. So he's slightly out of favour. Uh, there's obviously better players at Leinster come in. And you wonder, like, hang on, how have we signed short-term Leinster contracts? So you could argue, is it the Pat Connaught linked? Or is it a backs coach that for Leinster who may have previously played for Bristol? Now, does the surname Contaponi mean anything to you boys it does so the current backs coach for Leinster is none other than Felipe Contaponi not the who guy who, sit, for who scores for, a try sits in the sand played for Bristol from, for 1999 from Bristol for four years wow. who scored that amazing try when he ran up and sat in the stands 
So it's you know a spurious link, but I love it really. I mean, you know, this is quite young. There's five Burns in the Leinster team, so I hope we get the right one to come and play for us. But I think he's got good pedigree. He's slightly out of favour. He's going to come in from next weekend, show some good international Leinster class, and it will back up Moulton and Capon. Yeah, great short-term cover. And I think although he was in a Champions Cup squad for Leinster, because he hasn't played in the Challenge Cup, he's not cup-tied on that no, competition. So, you know, that, that gives us that um, uh, backing there, doesn't it? And just in case there are any knocks to uh, the current hookers. Um, and I think he's got a twin brother, hasn't he, that plays prop. He's, he's like four minutes older than his I think he brother. is yeah so, did Miles not know that well come on Miles I, come well, on is there the research what do you reckon that's one is? of the Burns Barry Burns Barry Burns Brian Burns Barry Burns yeah Barry Burns that sounds or like is that, not a, is that not a golf course somewhere <laughs> <laughs> uh, alright so we, we've had two confirmed in this week but of course we've one's gone out the door Tom Pincus um, gone to Melbourne Rebels maybe um, Pete you can tell us about Tom Pincus, are you are you sad to see that? Or? Yeah, I am, and and we he was discussed in our couple of pods ago when we went through the list of uh, contract renewals, and and he was one that was on the list, and I did suggest that he should be sending his uh, CV out to law firms because he's a qualified lawyer. Um, but I'm glad to hear that he, you know, it's sad that he's we, we were right that perhaps he wasn't going to get a contract. But it sounds like he's he's got a good. He's got a good deal somewhere else, and uh, he's gone, you know, what's he's, not to he's like? He's gone to Rebels. Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne Rebels. Rebels. You know, Rebels. What's not to like? It's uh, you know a different change of scene. He's a young lad. He's definitely got talent. He's a committed guy. He's an intelligent guy. Um, I just think it's a, it's it's sad for him, really. I think I think that the, the the rise of Purdy is is probably kiboshed him a little bit, and you know he can, can do nothing about that. But you know, I, I think he's leaving Bristol with uh, the goodwill of everybody. I yeah. think it sounds like yeah. he was well liked in the in the yeah. squad as well. So I can only uh, I can only say on behalf of all of us. I think you know, early on in the season, we saw quite a lot of him, didn't we? So I can only say you know, thanks for all of your efforts and good luck down under. Hopefully, we'll see him on a Saturday morning. So uh, rumours then, we've been talking about Ben Earl signing uh, from Saracens on loan for next year. We talked about that quite a bit. Um, we also talked about maybe Spencer coming from Saracens, but it looks like he might be getting off the Paddington train I got, stop early at Bath. I've got, I've got a theory in that. Oh, you have? You know, we've had a lot of storms recently. Yeah. I think Spencer was on his way to Temple Meads, hmm. and I've got a feeling that the trampoline or something, it like literally drifted onto the line. Yeah. Got and then the train, yeah, the train got diverted to Bath, so he stopped there. I thought he quite liked it. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I think the, the train stopped there and some of the back bigwigs jumped on and, uh, and said, hey, do you fancy signing for us, Ben? There it is. Well, the moment, we'll, we'll never know. Um, I mean, but, we were quite convinced, weren't we, that there was two Saracens coming, one forward and one back. And it now were. looks like, and I did mention this a few pods ago, I did air the idea of Max Mullins. Um, and it looks like, according to the, the rugby paper, that Max Mullins is going to sign for us as a kind of utility back, full back, fly off. Um, that would, I mean, you know, it looks like you've gone out on your own for that one, Pete. Oh, I think I did. I, you know, sometimes I think I definitely mentioned it, and you were like, "No, did he's you not going to come." Geopod. At all. <laughs> oh no, that's a, yeah, no, not Geopod. So that, so that's interesting because potentially we've got Ben Earl, I think twenty-two, number eight, um, or can play along the back row. Max Mullins, twenty-three, fly half, full back two hugely promising English players 
How do we feel about them coming to Bristol potentially just on loan for a year? Is this something it doesn't really matter? We're getting quality players that will add to the squad and add to the team? Or are these two guys that are just seeing out 12 months until they can pick up a game with Saracens potentially the season after next? So what what are the thoughts around the table? Let me come to Miles first. I think positive and negative points. I think as Pat has alluded, we are trying obviously to get top six, hopefully top four. And next season we're going to try and compete in Premiership and Championship Cup. And he maintains that we need strong players in every single position in the team from 1 to 15. So on the plus side, this is brilliant. We've got Charles Pietau, potentially Max Malians, who obviously played a blinder when we went up to um, oh, he's brilliant. Allianz Park. He's, he's picked up a broken ankle, but hopefully back fit next season. Same with Ben Earl. But then again... I sort of said it's going to be blimmin' tough to get into the first 15 for the Premiership games of Bristol and are the sort of second choice teams going to get a bit disillusioned the fact that they're not going to be picked for a couple of one season loaned players so on the plus side brilliant for both competitions on the negative side not so great for the domestic league what do you think Lee? Now, I, I mean I think I see it as a bit of a suck it and see job I mean we don't know what's going to happen at Saris yet you know, for the season following this season, next season. Um, and, I mean, I think there's a lot of potential that when these guys are here, you know, they're here for a year and then they'll see what our project is. And then, you know, I think it's, I think we, we might see a different, uh, I think these guys might want to stay, put it that way. Pete, you I, agree, I think I think it's a devious plan by Pat. I think... He is going to get him here. He's going to say, yeah, boys, yeah, we really want you. You know, you're brilliant. We need you to consolidate. And that as soon as they step off that train or that bus, he's going to take him straight up to the new training ground. And take him on the port. Is that show bus? Around. He's going yeah. to take him on the old the old uh, open top tour, suspension bridge, SS Great Britain. Obviously Clifton. Hmm. Might miss the Withywood. Not sure about that. But <laughs> Well, why and, would you? And uh, and then he's going to take him down the gate and he's going to have a big presentation ready and showing them the 3D walkthrough of the plans. And he's going to say, anyway, boys, uh, come and join us for a year. And I reckon that because he likes young, coachable players that he can make better. Yeah. And it seems crazy to me that he would get two young, coachable players that he's not going to have much time to coach unless he's got a little bit of a... Maybe a risky plan, but I, I wonder. I, you know, we have no idea mm. what the deals are going to be and whether mm. if they suddenly turn around and say, actually, we want to stay at Bristol, whether we have to buy them out of contracts or whatever. But it seems to me that Saracens are a bit on the back foot. Well, <laughs> so, I, I, I think the thing we, is, yeah, absolutely, Saracens are a bit on the back foot. And even if they go back to Saracens with a year left on their contract, when that contract's up, yeah. are they thinking, actually, I played for Bristol in front of 27,000 yeah. against Bath, not... 10,000 yeah. in the Wendy house that is, well, I can't, can't call it Allianz Park. Now, what no. is it? Park. It's, it's an athletics yeah. ground in Mill Hill, TC. Yeah, yes. so, so um, you know, the, the best training facilities in Europe, they, you know, one of the best coaches. Actually, I could really develop my career under Pat Lamb here at Bristol and it's Champions League. I'm getting as much cash as I am at uh, and, Saracens. And also... Yeah. It, Right, this is going to be completely biased. But I think Saris are the past and Bristol are the future because we we are moving forward. 
as much as we <laughs> debate every single week of our you know our failings but actually we've got the infrastructure now to to move on for the next 10 15 god knows how many years i I tell you what's interesting and only time will tell is that you know saracens all of a sudden they're they're sending all the kind of medium salaried people out on loan or Mm. people are going to other clubs they've talked about keeping their england internationals and maybe giving them you know they don't have to play that many games and they'll be off playing for england you know if i was an ealing or a cornish pirate i'd be thinking hang on a minute yeah. these might not be the invincibles if their squad scatters to the four corners exactly. they have to bring a few youngsters in and a few others i mean we're assuming that we're making all these so yeah that they're going to get promoted back up again aren't they mm. but mm. you know maybe yeah. they won't yeah, you know, or will they be sorry, um, Toji? We said you could have the April off, but actually, we're only one we point ahead in the league, uh, and we need to make sure we win these crunch games. So, yeah. who who knows? You know, you you wouldn't think it, but all of a sudden, that's going to be a very different playing squad to what they've had this year, and a very different kind of culture, and also that instability. Yeah, I mean that's that's not good for anyone, is it? I mean, I, I'm self-employed. I'm used to instability, mm. but you know, for for these guys who have actually had a solid base, work foundation, and this is their world's been turned upside down, and they're all trying to figure out what's going to go. Gonna go your, your stability yeah. comes from its instability. It, it? it does. It's like my predictability comes from my impredictability. Well, there we are. Let's move on. There's just one more player I want to talk about. Um, and we, we had heard that things weren't great for Will Hurrell, but the yeah. news has come out um, in, in this last week that um, that game against Leicester early in the new year um, the the head injury he had um, was actually um, um, a, sh- a stroke, so um, you know that's that that's terrible news for Will. Um, guy who just started with a, a a young family, so uh, you know I'm sure everyone here will wish him the the very best. Let's hope that he makes a full recovery. Um, but I think it probably does make a question, big question mark about his continuing playing professional rugby. Lee, I think it's something you wanted to add. Yeah, I mean, I I think we all agree. I mean, it's it just sums up exactly what these guys. Uh, they, I mean, they put everything on the line, don't they, every week for for the Bristol shirt and you know what what they go through and what they you know the just not not just the physical side of things, but the mental side of the game as well and. You know, Will Harrell is is already yeah, documented the the mental side of the game, mm. um, and we just want to send our best wishes out to to him and his family because I mean the the you know the guy's a Bristol legend. You know, he's he's absolutely class, and you know we just hope that above all else that he makes a full recovery uh, absolutely so let's see how how things pan out there I think the club um, will obviously look after him um, he's getting the best treatment um, and we'll wait to, to hear um, what, what that means for his um, playing career but uh, yeah we'll all, all the best uh, and everyone around this table has got fingers, toes and everything else crossed that you make a full, full recovery. Um, so we're, we're nearly finished for this week, but before we do, um, 
we're going to um, have it's been it's been missing for a, a, a few weeks, but uh, gets my goat. <laughs> and Lee, I believe you you have something that you want to get off your chest. Well, it's it's very very rare, and we've had what twenty three episodes now. Twenty fourth episode yeah. that we're recording tonight, and I think this is my only second pod uh, that goat. gets my goat, and. This is this is really really important to me because uh, as a kid, uh, I'm obviously born and bred in Bristol. My grandparents are from North London, and uh, they used to send me programs as a kid. Uh, you know, Tottenham. We were big Tottenham fans, and they used to send me programs. So, literally from the age of about six or seven, I collected programs. Mm-hmm. And I've got absolutely shed loads. I mean, I'm so into programmes that I even collect Macclesfield or Rochdale. Or, you know, it's a, it's a massive collection I've got. So this love of programmes has <laughs> transferred yes. into rugby as well. It's Yes, into rugby. So, I, you know, I've got a huge amount. And, and people that are out there, that would they were exactly the same as me. They, they, they all know exactly what I'm talking about now. I was let down a couple of weeks ago um, at the Gloucester game. What? Not okay. the local derby, the the Rifles Cup game. Th- that's the one. Oh yeah. my god! What what happened? I I entrusted someone to because um, you couldn't make that game because you, you you had to you were away. When, I, I yeah, was away. The I game was, got changed. It the, got the yeah yeah it got changed and I couldn't make it. So I I gave my season card to a friend of Miles's. Uh, and um, I mean, all I wanted, I didn't want any money for it at all. Yeah. All I wanted was uh, a program to, to keep your set going. To, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, I've, I've got every single game this season. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so Miles said to me, it's in good hands, we'll get your program, don't worry about it. Yeah, okay, and subsequently, <laughs> what's happened is uh. I still don't have the the program for the Gloucester game. What? Right? Still don't have it. But I thought, okay, what I'll do is I I don't want to make Miles feel bad about it. No. I'll go to the club shop, and I'll get the program. When I went into club shop uh, Friday, guess what thing? What's that? They don't do the old programs anymore. No. No. So it is all on Miles' head then? It is literally... I, I am one programme down. Oh. And and now I feel quite feisty about it, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, can, I can see, I can <laughs> see your, your, the, your, your eyes are welling up. I feel bad that I can see an empty slot in Lee's bookshelf behind you, DC. Yeah, Where that yeah. programme would have been. Uh, but but I, I think the question remains is... Well, it's a couple of things. I mean, you know, it's still hanging. It. What, what, what's Miles going to do about this? Well, it's a, it's a trust matter as well, isn't it? it Which is, yeah. my circle. trust has been betrayed. Are you saying the circle of trust is is being broken? The circle of trust now has come from a quartet <laughs> to a triplet. <laughs> I mean, so there we are. I'm sure people out there that do collect things, and I mean, I I, I used to collect football programs, and yeah, absolutely. You they'll know the my pain the whole me. season. Absolutely yeah. know your pain. So, I think that is an absolutely a gets my goat for for 
saying that you're going to do something and then and then not doing it and then one not, job not putting it right so one if, job if there are any listeners out there that can help get miles off the hook by donating a Bristol Bears versus Gloucester program from this season please get in touch with us on on Twitter or uh, on the email and may, maybe we can save this this friendship before before things turn sour, <laughs> or, or subsequently we could uh, we could see a public hanging. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. We've got four points from um, that game against Worcester. We've beaten them at last. We're halfway through the season. We've played everybody now. We're sitting very nicely in third place. And we've got the game at the wreck in the mud to look forward to on BT Sport uh, next week. So for those of you that are going to the wreck, don't forget to take your wellies and your umbrellas. Um, But we'll be back uh, reporting on that game next Sunday. So join us for next week's podcast. Come on, Briz. (laughs) 